0: Do you want to? Do you want uh, to go to start the episode with us both singing the Sportsnet theme song?
1: Man, I'm sick of it.
0: <laughs> How can you possibly be sick of it?
1: I don't know. I've heard it. Let's let's say <clears throat> four times an episode, a, a game, plus two to three times a day in Baseball Central. We're talking about. Seven times per game, seven times 162 equals 1,134 times. That's, that's a light estimate on a single season time hearing that song. Let's times that by five for the last five seasons. And we're talking about hearing that. Sp- do, 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 do. We're talking about hearing that at least 5,670 times. How do we get a new one? Why don't we get a new one? we make it up right now.
0: Baseball! Blue
1: Jays! So you're keeping it in the same world. You want like a trumpet kind of... You want some brass. What are you talking about? That was not in the same world. That was a whole new thing. That was like... That took my
0: breath away when I was in the middle of the room. Thanks, all right. Oh, cut me off right before i was getting in there jacob i had all my energy juiced up to the highest level that my energy gets to which is arguably still a mundane level of energy but then you tried to cut me off what is up everybody jacob's rubbing his eyes he's tired he's killing my energy again this is underdogs this is this is, this is one of the more exciting episodes, hopefully, that we're going to do. Last time we were on here, we wanted to die. We thought the season was over. I think we both predicted the season was over. Jacob and I almost said that we're never doing this again, and things have shifted. I am uh, David Patrick Fleming, by the way, for anybody who's like, whose annoying voice is that? And he is Jacob Eamon. Welcome. So... This last, so since September has happened, the Blue Jays have just hit a whole new gear and changed this whole ship around. The Blue Jays are currently in a playoff spot. The Blue Jays are currently tied with the Red Sox. So the Blue Jays, in theory, could be hosting a wildcard game where last last time we did this, I don't even know when that was, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, no idea. Uh, We thought they were dead in the water. But the bats have gone off. The, the pitching has been incredible. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we could actually, October 5th, October 5th, 2021, we could be looking at this team hosting a wild card game against, I don't know, the Red Sox or the Yankees. How does that, how does that make you feel, Jacob? How do you even feel about that? How can you even <laughs> wrap your mind around that possibility?
1: <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, baby. 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 It feels real nice. It feels excellent. I can't tell you how great I feel about this team right now. Every time I see a a game or I listen to a game. A game's about to start. I know that the run is on. The run has not stopped. We, we smoked Oakland. We smoked them. Swept them. What did we do right next? Sweep the Yankees in Yankees Stadium. Get, them getting booed by their fans repeatedly while we just sail away. And then, you know, the, there was a bit of a a slip up, but it had to happen. You know what I mean? I was happy that that game happened where we lost to to Baltimore to start the series. Um, I feel like Robbie Ray. You needed, were happy.
0: You were, I'm sorry, you were
1: happy. Well, it, uh, to me, like, you know, a winning streak's got to end at some point. And you know, there's just something about letting—not letting—but you know, having that that little loss happen against a shit team, you know, you can destroy, and then and then starting a new, like it gives you a whole new bout of energy to have that loss. I'm like, oh fucking Orioles beat us! We got their their manager chirping us. We get we, we lost with our best pitcher here. Let's 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 re let's rejuice. You know, get the batteries charged again for the next run.
0: I don't recall a time ever watching a game where you could hear so clearly what was being yelled from the dugout because there's nobody at those games. Those Orioles games, there's nobody there. They were calling it like uh, 11,000. It seemed more like it was like 11 because, and they had full on just cussing on the sports net broadcast (laughs) buck didn't know how to deal with it he was trying to leave his body entirely and you could just hear uh brandon hyde yelling at robbie ray robbie ray challenging him to a fight and then the game just moves on it's not really being it's not it didn't really feel like it was given the weight that it needed to because i think they were all freaking out about the the profanity
1: the John Boy breakdown of it is so good. I didn't get to see the game. Of course, uh for anyone who doesn't know why we haven't been doing episodes, I have been away uh since the start of September in uh, Manitoulin Island again up north. And uh you know, I got to watch the breakdown of it and I was so so pleased seeing Robbie do it. It was such an odd like um encounter between them like Robbie like Displayed so little emotion while any of it was going on, he just seemed kind of like confused as to like what what they were doing. He kind of figured out that they were they were calling out when he was throwing, and then he looked over. He doesn't it doesn't look mad at all. They keep yelling them. They're yelling at him Rob, to at Robbie to like get on the back on the mound, and fucking pitch, and then just his like his little like wave, this like nonchalant kind of just like all right. All right, come out here then. Let's, uh, I guess we'll just fight. Come on, man. <laughs> he doesn't even say anything. Just, just beckoned him towards him. I really like and that. And
0: then the Brandon Hyde's reaction to it was to put his hands into his pockets and just say, oh, sh-
1: just pitch the ball. Pitch we're, the not ball. we're not saying anything.
0: We're not saying shit over here. But yeah. I disagree with you that Robbie Ray wasn't mad. he was I, I think he was absolutely heated up when he did when he did his circle around the mound, he was fired up. I think he could have I think if Brandon Hyde had actually come out there, um, there'd be a funeral that we would be watching on the MLB network
1: today. no i I, I do agree, but he just, he wasn't really saying anything back. you know it just seemed like it was so. Like it, it, just like confused him so much. I didn't, he didn't know what he was supposed to do. But he was, he was obviously very angry and uh, rightfully so. Do you think that? Do you think that they were cheating somehow? That's a a curious I
0: thing. I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's cheating to um, communicate to each other that uh, you have a sense of what pitch is coming. I don't, that's not cheating. That's bad sportsmanship, perhaps. It's not cheating. It's not cheating to get a tell on a pitcher who's might be showing his slider um, and then, and then, you know, like what the Yankees were doing the other night that the Mets called them out on, they were whistling because they knew uh, what pitches were coming. And they're like, that to me, that's not cheating. Mm -hmm. It's just, Mm -hmm. you know, inside the baseball world where, you know, don't do that. It's not fair. Well, if they can do it and they do do it, and they've been doing that forever. I don't think that's cheating.
1: Right. I guess, I mean, just, there was no other, technology or anything it was just you think that robbie was kind of tipping his pitches i i I don't know if there's someone out there but that that would be a great great like youtube series of someone who's like uh really excellent at discerning when 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 pitchers are tipping and like do breakdowns of that show all that how exactly what was happening
0: it's got to be so so subtle like i wonder if you and i would be able to Pick up on it. I wonder if we'd even be able to pick up on it if a player said, like, hey, watch when he throws his slider, his arm's at like a 63 degree angle. And when he throws his fastball, it's at a 60 degree angle. Like, I wonder how difficult it is. It might be, it might be way more clear. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Cause everything happens so fast to pick up on it. And you'd have to make the decision in your mind right away if you were going to lay off it or if it was going to be a pitch you wanted to hit. But I wonder how subtle it is.
1: Yeah. Well, I have seen. Like, I remember seeing, like, they, they figured out you Darvish was tipping his pitches or something a couple of years back in the playoffs, and they had a breakdown of, like, he was holding the, when it was a fastball, his arms were a bit lower or something. Like, there, there's these little things, but it isn't ever, it's never the batter that's picking it up. It's, like, the guys on the bench who are watching, and then that's that's what it seemed like was happening, at least in the Orioles. Then some guy on the bench was calling out on delay or whatever.
0: It's gotta be tough though, because when you're at the plate, you're just under this like kind of level of stress and you're focused on other things. But when you're in the dugout, you're so relaxed and you can just pick up on these little nuances of whatever the pitcher is doing. And so then you can just relay it to the hitter. I mean, I would imagine like a veteran or something. Like I would in my mind, like Barry Bonds knew what pitch was coming all the time. Like he was Mm -hmm. just so relaxed up there. He he's been in the league so long, he'd seen all these pitchers and he knew the kind of differences in between their pitches. But you know, for just like a normal player who's only been in the league a couple of years, I imagine it's way tougher.
1: Yeah. Just kind of, it, it was just so curious because then you have Ryu the next day getting lit up and you don't know if that's just the regular Ryu every two weeks or whatever. He goes through his little slump now and then figures it out and has a, an, an amazing outing afterwards. But it was, uh it was interesting. I want to get to Ryu in a a minute, but I also, I just want to go back to what I think is
0: the pivotal moment of the season so far. I think that that, uh, you said that the Blue Jays annihilated the A's. Well, before they did that, they were down eight to two in the eighth inning. And that to me... And it's an easy thing to say. And it, you know, it's one game and, you know, it wouldn't really matter. But what it felt like watching it and what it felt like at that point in the season, I think there were four and a half games back of the wild card at that point. They come back, Lurtis Gurriel hits a game tying bottom of the eighth inning grand slam to tie the game at eight. They cough the lead up in the top of the ninth. Romano, 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 Romano lets up a two run shot, just hooks around the foul line. And you're like, fuck no. Like, how? How do you cough that lead when you make a comeback like that? And it just felt like that classic kind of Blue Jays, devastating loss. And then lo and behold, the savior, Marcus Simeon, comes up in the bottom of the ninth and walks that game off. And it's it's so many guys right now that are stepping up, but Guriel, like the the how hot Guriel has been is it extends the lineup so much, and if you look, if you actually look at Gurriel, this is something I was uh, made aware of yesterday. I'm just gonna pull this up because this really surprised me, actually. When you think about the season that Gurriel has had, and you know it's been sort of inconsistent, and you know he doesn't really get on base or whatever, Gurriel has had like a hundred less at bats than Bobichet. Bo's average is two ninety three. Guriel is two eighty three. Bo has twenty three home runs. Guriel is nineteen. Bo has eighty seven RBIs. Guriel has seventy eight. Their OPS is almost identical. Bo eight hundred six. Guriel eight hundred two. And it's crazy to think like Bo's having a great year. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not me calling him out on anything, but that's just to say that's how hot that he's been. That his stats are comparable now to Bo Bichette, and he's hitting sixth. Six in the lineup. He had his fourth grand slam of the year yesterday in Baltimore. He's come up clutch so many times during this hot stretch in September. It's not just he's not just getting hits; he's getting massive
1: hits. Mm-hmm. The thing, the the big difference though that I feel is, I feel like Bo isn't even kind of scratching the surface of a good season for him. Yeah, I agree you know with what that. I mean. And like, it's just been so consistent, like not incredible over like some short stretch that just like makes his numbers skyrocket it's like he's always just like sort of seemed like good for Bo or like okay for Bo but never like oh my god Bo's going off it feels like a down season for me somehow to Bo even though you know it's still really really good
0: yeah, it does feel like a down season. The 806 OPS for Bo feels like that's like the most significant number that makes it feel like a down season for me. Because mm-hmm. everything else, like he's almost batting 300, 23 home runs. I think that's pretty good. It's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man, I'm it's so, so... I'm so...
1: Sorry, go, just going back to that game, I'm so devastated that I didn't watch it and that I wasn't a part of it because I... Remember tuning in when they were down? What what what, what was it? They were down eight two or something. Yeah, they were down eight two. Eight two, and I'm watching on. I'm just like following along on game day. I'm sitting around like a little fire, and I'm telling my brother, "Oh, oh shit!" Like they they started making the comeback, and they tie the game. I'm losing my mind here. And then again, like just just seeing on game day is so ridiculous because you kind of forget too that it's happening, and then you go and check it. I'm like, what? Romano gave it up again, and then I I put it down, and then I'm like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> Simeon just Simeon just did it, and I, I I remember texting you like I I think I just missed the game of the season, and you were like, "Yes, absolutely," and I'm I'm crushed that I was. It, it was like basically just me and my brother at this cottage with numerous other people who didn't like baseball, but me and my brother are the only ones who wanted to be watching the Blue Jays. And so it, it was tough, you know, I'm, I'm again like listening to games and one year I'm watching like the debate the other night while, while mm-hmm. listening to the ball game. And it's, it was, it was tough to, to not, uh, be fully invested, fully watching every pitch along this incredible run. And now I feel like I, I'm just very hopeful now that I'm back in the city and watching every game that, uh, it all continues.
0: That's what's so uh, that. Well, I mean, there was, you know, you sweep the A's and then you go and you sweep the Yankees and you lose that first game of Baltimore. And then they were losing fairly significantly in that second game against Baltimore. Then they had an epic comeback again mm-hmm. in that game and won mm-hmm. 11-10. And then they were down again in Baltimore, won nothing going into the last inning. And then they just went off. They had like 11 runs in the seventh inning because it was a back-to-back. It was a two seven-inning game doubleheader.
1: And then yesterday, they just... Springer. Springer's big moment. Another huge <laughs> moment for him. That was like, you know, that seemed like the, the turning point of the season, right? Uh, when he had the, the Boston home run to win it. Yeah, uh, I guess that's true.
0: There's many moments that always seem like they're these pivotal changing moments, but then it is so fragile because then you can go right back to feeling like everything's over again, and then you need another moment like the Gurriel Grand Slam. Yeah. But I mean... Springer goes out. Was it the A series that he re-injured himself? And now he's wearing this just massive. You can see under his pants, just a fucking massive knee brace that he has. And uh, so I think they were saying he's at 80%. I don't know how you get a percentage of that,
1: but Gibson, Kirk Gibson-esque, hitting that home run and hobbling around to, to first base. He Springer fires me up, man. When he
0: when he has a big moment like that, and the way that he rounds those bases and he screams into the dugout, he is so excitable to me. And I used to fucking hate that when I mm-hmm. would see that uh, when he was in Astro. Yeah, man. But when he's on your team, oh, it's like
1: nothing else. Well, and um, it was uh, Goldberg too, talking. I think on Blue Jays talk or tweeted it out too. Just the the difference in winning percentage. Uh, for games that we've had, Springer versus games without him we're like one game over five hundred, with uh George Springer not in the lineup, and we have like a six, a winning percentage over six in the games with George Springer in the lineup. Like it, he has a massive influence on this team winning games, and it's clear in the numbers. But it's also just it, you feel it in the energy, like you're saying, the way he hypes you up, the. The way that the lineup changes and lengthens because you have him at the top of the order and you have... What makes this team so special is that you have some of your most elite offensive performers in defensive positions that are classically used by lesser bats, lesser offensive players. Having your center fielder, your shortstop, and your second baseman all as like your top... In your top of the lineup your most elite bats that's, that's insane and I think that that is part of what makes this such an incredible offense and and why if you know say we can re-sign Simeon and he's still at second base what, what the type of potential is to find someone or to bring up a, a third baseman a classically bigger offensive position you've already got first base taken care of obviously with Vlad but pff, the sky's the limit you know what I mean And then Kirk too, Kirk, Kirk behind (laughs) the plate. Like it's just ridiculous. Everyone is so insanely offensively gifted. Uh, Speaking
0: of Kirk, just for a second, because I'm going to move on to Vladdy here, but speaking of Kirk, just for a second, Kirk is the player that has allowed my prediction to come true. Jacob, do you remember my prediction that I made about how the Blue Jays would at one point this year have five players in their starting lineup with an 850 OPS minimum. And do you remember remember what you said about that? Any recollection at all? What you said about that and how you made me feel and how you tried to hurt me?
1: Remind me. Nothing to say, Jacob?
0: No. Uh, You said it would never happen. You said it would (laughs) never happen because apparently you don't believe in this team and you don't believe in my ability to be a baseball like Nostradamus. Um, But on the weekend, we had. Springer, 850 plus; Simeon, 850 plus; Guerrero Jr., 850 plus; Teoscar Hernandez, 850 plus. And oh, oh, oh! Who's that behind everybody? Who's this short little stocky man coming out with a 850 plus OPS? That's one, two, three, four, five. Boom! I did it. I was correct. Still, still, so many games left for me to have wait. Had wait, even wait, more wait.
1: Bo, Bo didn't play. Bo doesn't have an eight fifty OPS. I know, but where was he in the lineup? They don't have to be in a row. I didn't say in a row. I didn't say in a row. I think
0: you said the top five of the lineup. I don't think I did. I think I just said five guys
1: in the lineup. Ooh, I don't think I don't think that's what you said.
0: I think that's what I said. And anybody who's a slimy little snake who wants to go back and listen to what I specifically <laughs> said, you go find the tape and you send it and I'll you know, listen to it. But regardless, five guys, 850 OPS. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got nothing to say about that other than to call me out on some weird semantic, Jacob? Or are you going to actually admit that you were wrong about that?
1: I mean... I will freely admit I thought it was fairly unlikely. I think I remember feeling very excited by the prospect of it and really hoping that it did happen. I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not mm-hmm. upset that it's mm-hmm. happened at all. I do think that there is a little mm-hmm. bit of semantics here because I do believe you said the top 5 of the lineup but uh you know what what remains is is that the offense, the lineup. Hey Amen. Hey Amen. I'm we're not the manager on make... all
0: cylinders. I don't make the lineup, but you know, I just have the pieces and then Charlie can put together the lineup or Ross can put together the lineup however he wants. I'm just creating the OPSs and then I pass them off to the team. They can put them wherever they want to put them. I would never say something as ludicrous as the top five. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, Speaking of these guys with 850 plus OPSs, one, a young Vladimir Guerrero Jr., number 27, the first baseman, uh, had a pretty bad August. And I would be um, mistaken if I didn't admit that i was really worried yeah (laughs) that i was thinking you know like everybody like oh oh he's drinking again he's fat again he's gonna ground you did say those things. (laughs) i don't think you you said it was because he was living with his girlfriend again and so it wasn't like you were against me we just both had different different thoughts however he has turned things around he is very much in the Triple Crown conversation again. He is tied with Shohei Otani with 44 bombs. He is leading the American League in average, oh and God. he is five behind Jose Abreu uh, in RBIs. He has 102, and Abreu has 107. Also, just a side note, Teoscar also has 102 RBIs. We never <laughs> talk about him. He has a three, 300 average, 102 RBIs. Anyway, do you think that the conversation's still alive that Vladdy could get the MVP. And secondarily to that,
1: does he have to win the Triple Crown to do so? I think that there were some real hot embers in a fire that looked like it was completely poured on water out. The fire was out, but there's just this little ember at the bottom and some wind came along, some little... Some little fellow walked by and did a little blow on that fire, and it's the fire to me now, David. It's like it's it's it 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 is a bonfire that it's a it's a forest fire in California and British Columbia. Uh, That conversation is on in a huge way. I think Vlad to me, to me, Vlad's the favorite right now to win the MVP. Oh shit no yeah. way that's true well listen we like we 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 were we were having a little tiny chat about this before we started recording the episode but w- where where is shohei where is shohei and the angels where like what are the angels doing to me i mean vladdy's obviously what shohei's doing is insane but we've talked about this before i i just feel like it sets a weird precedent to be giving him this award because he works on both sides of the ball. And obviously it's, it's ridiculous, but uh, I just feel like he has to be just slightly above average at both in order for you to think that that, that, if you're following that logic, then he has to win the MVP every season. If he just has above average performance at, at, at both, or it's just like, it's, this is the first time. So we got to give it to him. And then like from here on out, if he's like, if he's a, a decent offensive player and a decent pitcher, and obviously he's, he's more than decent at both. But do, do you know what I mean? He's he's elite at both. There's no question. He's not
0: he's not mediocre at either. Now, Jacob, do you think that if Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was the first baseman of the Angels, do you think that they'd and and do you think that that would put them in the playoff conversation? Now, you take take Shohei away. Mm. No, there's no way. No. So then it's not really Vladdy that's you know taken the Blue Jays to this potential playoff. Run now. He's a massive, massive part of it. But let's not forget all these other guys on the Blue Jays team that the Angels don't have. I mean, the Angels haven't had Mike Trout forever. Anthony Rendon's been bad. Their pitching's real bad. And and no, I'm not. I don't feel bad for them. That's their fault. They spend tons of money and they fuck it up every time. But he wouldn't change their the course of their season either. So it's a pretty. Pretty tough ask for Shohei to, to have to do that as well.
1: Well, yeah, I, I, I do agree with everything you're saying, but I think to me, you, you look at a team that is good and that is now in a playoff position, and you say, who's the most valuable player to that team? And then you can make that call from there, no?
0: Interesting you say that because uh, I believe, at least yesterday, was the case that Marcus Simeon was tied for the highest war with Vladimir Guerrero Jr.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that so there's an argument to be made a that Marcus
0: Simeon is there, the MVP based on your logic.
1: There's a four-man race for the MVP, right? You've got Shohei Ohtani, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Marcus Simeon, and Salvador Perez. So No way. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Fuck, man, they're so bad. Well, yeah, yeah. But
0: and Salvador Perez is like, yeah, he's got a ton of home runs, but his OPS is like mid eights. I feel like if you want to compete, like, like let's not forget, let's not like overlook Vladdy's numbers right now. He's got a, a thousand plus OPS. He's batting three nineteen. He's got forty four home runs and one hundred and
1: two RBIs. Yeah. Sal, Sal gets a little bit of extra juice from his defense of being one of yeah. the one of the best catchers in the league. So, there's there's that. And, you know, give he, him a gold glove it. then. Let's give him a gold glove and let's
0: move him to the side of the MVP conversation. Yeah.
1: And a silver slugger behind the plate too. But he's uh-huh. still I, all I'm saying is he is up there in, in the MVP conversation and and if you were watching every every game that he was playing, you you'd be thinking a lot more on his side. I'm just saying Simeon, Simeon is just, is, is up there. You know, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like he gets
0: forgotten in the conversation as well. Now, speaking of guys who hit home runs, we have never talked about this. And we brought this up last time I talked to you. We have never talked about the blue Jays home run jacket. Mm -hmm. Now anybody out there, it's a, what do they refer to the jacket as the home run jacket? Oh, Anyway, it has the (laughs) list of... I thought it had a name. I thought you'd called it a name before that it had been referred to.
1: The home run jacket, the blue jacket...
0: Yeah, that's it. The blue jacket. I knew it was something complicated. Mm -hmm. Uh, It has the name of all the countries where all the different players are on the Blue Jays. And it looks to be a 48 regular. It's just a massive, massive jacket. And every time they hit a home run, somebody comes up and opens the jacket up and they put the jacket on. And then they do a little thing down the dugout and then they do a pose at the end for someone who's pretending to take their picture now i think you and i have somewhat differing opinions on this jacket but i want to hear what yours is listen
1: listen (laughs) i'm all about home run traditions celebrations things that the team get behind the idea that they came up with this jacket is extremely exciting to me it's like you know They could have had a sick belt, you know. You see the Raptors, they had that like MVP of the game or practice, they would wear those belts. You know, the the Red Sox have their little cart that they ride in, whatever. It it was cool for a little bit, but getting to put on this jacket, um, I think just you know, it makes the guys who haven't hit the home runs uh, want that jacket you know obviously they're not going to hit more home runs because they want to put a jacket on but there's a level of camaraderie there's there's it's so fun to me that they do it my only issue with it is that i think that the jacket itself is a little basic it looks a little bit like a like a kid took his dad's jacket to school and did a craft and he kind of you know put some letters on it and it looks a little bit thrown together um without an eye for detail Without an eye on for flash and pizzazz and like everything that it signifies, the energy that it brings to me, I want something way nicer than that jacket. You know, it's like a Value Village kind of standard blue dark navy coat that that I, to me does nothing for me. I'm looking for like I want like a Elton John level. I want like Prince. Kind of like like bedazzled light blue mixing in there, like some some fucking mm, sexy coat, and you put it on, and they it's it's reflecting lights off of it. It's got a it's got a sick like embroidered logo of the Blue Jays. All the countries are there, and there's it. It could just be so so much better than it is to me right now. That's that's my feelings about it. I agree with everything you
0: said. I also think that the jacket in itself, like I like the idea of the jacket. I like the country names on the jacket. I think that's cool. It's a nice kind of inclusive thing that they do. A um, couple things. I agree with the fact the jacket could be better. I think it could be like a big, like, almost like faux fur cloak with like oh. a big hood it could even be like almost like an undertaker's cloak it could be like a boxer's cloak that they wear when they walk in to the ring something that was just had a little bit more of a style a little bit more of an attitude to it but the thing that i don't like about then it's a small thing it's a very subtle moment it's when they're they hit the home run, they smash home plate, they like mash forearms with whoever there. They do the jump up, smash forearms, and then there's just this little clunky like here. Get the jacket on. Oh no, other arm, other arm, and then oh you know get your right arm in there. Oh, oh hold on, hold on, hold on, and it's maybe three or four seconds too long. And it just feels like at this point, it's the same way I felt about when Edwin Encarnacion would do the parrot thing when he hit a home run, where I thought that at some point he must've regretted that. Mm-hmm. At some point he must've mm-hmm. been like, oh, I gotta do this fucking thing again. Oh God, now the fans have parrots. Oh Christ, I'm pot committed to this thing for the rest of my life. It feels like almost in a way that it's like this interference into them getting into the dugout at times. And then they just have this jacket on they, and they, and they walk down and it doesn't, the story doesn't fully take itself into the dugout. It's just sort of like, Oh, I'm in here with this jacket on. Whereas if like, it was a more like kick-ass jacket, a more like pizzazz on that jacket. And the thing just got thrown over you, right? Really quick, like a big cloak. And then you went down and you were able to like, the whole dugout separates and then you were able to do your thing in there. Then it's like, that's why you wear the jacket. Whereas right now, I'm not really sure why they're wearing the jacket. I don't see how the jacket takes them to that pose at the end.
1: Yeah, I I can get behind that a little bit. And I think that at home games, they could set up... Um, because they have the they do have the camera that they're posing for in there, but it's just the TV camera, and then they take stills from that, I think. But if they added in there, perhaps even just someone whose job it is to be like kind of a paparazzo, um, or if they had even even if uh they had uh, simulated kind of flashes that would go off when they came to the edge there, and like make it more exciting for them to do the poses. But yeah, I think, you know, giving a runway for them and and with the lights going off too, having those little sparkly bits on, it would reflect the lights and everything. It would be very sick. Um, There's more that can be done is what we're I feel like we're really agreeing on here.
0: What about a witch's broom? (laughs) <laughs> you hit you hit a home run, and then you're handed a witch's broom, and you have to cackle like a witch and fly it down through the dugout. Because I like the element of it being somewhat embarrassing uh, when you hit a home run, and almost like it's almost like when you hit one, you're sort of dreading it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's something we could think <laughs> about. What if Vladdy wore the jacket up to an at bat? yeah you know uh that's sort
0: of like a different version of the the famous like pointing pointing it out to call
1: your home run. that's what i'm saying oh wow that would
0: be i mean there's no way you're allowed to wear that jacket up to the plate but that would be that would be uh an all-time moment in major league baseball if like in the playoffs or in the wild card game, Vladdy goes up to the plate with the home run jacket on. Mm-hmm. And then because the jacket's so restrictive, he can barely swing. <laughs> he <laughs> strikes out easily on three pitches <laughs> and that's the
1: season. Oh God. But uh, to your point too, when they redo the jacket and bedazzle it and, and make it way sicker and awesomer, um, they could easily have an arm sleeve that has, like, a stretchy, more athletic-looking inside that, that could allow for them to sl- easily slip their arm guard through and and without any extra time added. And it's just like, boom, you put your arms out, boom, the coat's on. You pop it up, you feel good, you do the runway. The flashes happen in the dugout, boom, boom, boom. Players can even start, like, pretending they're... they're uh, Paparazzis. That's what I've seen,
0: but that's what I've seen them do at times. They don't do it every time. I've seen Springer pretend to take pictures.
1: Yeah, well, if the flashes were happening, we could make it a bit more. I just think the jacket has to make them look cooler and not stupider. The jacket makes them look a
0: little. It just looks dumb. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. the right style. We're on the same page. Uh, should we talk about how Ryu's garbage and we don't want him to pitch for us anymore? Uh, sure. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I think he's garbage, and I don't want him to pitch for us anymore. What do you think?
1: I think that that is crazy. <laughs> I do think that it is a bit alarming when you don't know when his clunkers are going to come. Um, but that time and time again, he has then figured it out and pitched a classic Ryu gem into the seventh against an elite offensive team and that his good games far, far outweigh his bad games uh, this season, Um, but that his bad games have been pretty bad, and they've inflated his stats to look a little worse than what the actual season's performance has been.
0: So let's just cut right to the chase here. A five-game series. uh, Line up your pitchers for the Blue Jays.
1: We're going Robbie Ray. We're going Jose Jose Barrios. We're going Kanjin Ryu. Oh! Going and Alec Manoa. We're going Robbie Ray.
0: Oh, man. I, uh... Whoo, 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 whoo. I mean, I guess it depends on where they are in this five-game series. You know, if they're down... If they're down 0-2, not a chance in putting Ryu on that man. Robbie Ray's pitching again. I put Steven Matz on that mound before I put. No, uh, you, you wouldn't. Yes, I. You fucking would, would not. Yes, I fucking would. He's been incredible this last like month incredible. and a half. Incredible. He has. He's been incredible. He's had like
1: below two ERA for like a month. How many bombs did he give up to the Orioles yesterday? Dude, the
0: Orioles are cheating, you know, and I know, it's a sad, <laughs> I know it's a sad thing to say when they're losing 22-7, but they're actually cheating. It's, I don't know what they're doing, but they're cheating because they're smashing Robbie Ray. They're smashing Steven Matz. Steven Matz is obviously <laughs> the second best pitcher in baseball. Um, but I'm, I'm serious about that because it's when you get hot. It's all about winning. If Steven Matz is getting hot at the right time, Ryu is getting cold at the right time. Now, if Ryu, because I think he's injured. Mm-hmm. I think um he's had some forearm issues and that's mm-hmm. really obviously obviously it's scary for a pitcher to have a forearm issue because it makes him not be able to really snap off his breaking pitches. And that's all he throws. Mm -hmm. He does not have a good fastball. So that's like one of the worst injuries for a guy like him to have. It's not really a knock against him as a pitcher. It's just a knock against him at where he's at, at the wrong time of the season, when wins are far more important than contracts and status on a team.
1: Well, to me, it's probably pretty clear then i'm 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 rather resting him a little bit now maybe skipping him once through the rotation give him give him a week off and have him ready for the playoffs because there is no way i want steven Matz in any playoff series making an appearance that isn't some sort of mop up role he's not making a start for me i don't care steven i don't care Matt's. if he's been if he's been solid for the last month i don't care about any of that
0: Steven Matz is the only pitcher on the Toronto Blue Jays with a World Series start. He's got the experience in the playoffs more than almost any of those guys.
1: Ryu, Ryu <laughs> Jacob's didn't...
0: rubbing his eyes. He's rubbing his eyes. He's looking down. He's disgusted with it.: Where
1: him. was Ryu on the Dodgers? Uh, yeah, for sure. But what I'm saying is that Ryu is hurt.
0: And, and when he was on the Dodgers, he was also hurt.
1: All right. I, we don't know who, what the health is going to be. We don't know what the health is going to be. But say Ryu's not hurt and Matz is not hurt. I'm going Ryu every single fucking time. I don't want to hear it about Steven Matz.
0: Yeah, but a lot of this, and not all of it, I agree that all, there is a good portion of this is a baseball argument. But there is a also a secondary thing where you just hate Stephen Matz.
1: Why do I hate him?
0: Uh, because you think he has an anger that uh, he hides that is scary. Because yeah. he didn't get the vaccines when you
1: wanted him it's to. A petulant little fucking twat boy. Little whine, wow. Little whiny. BP Mats. <laughs> That's why I don't like him. And because he's like on the whole, on the fucking whole, not not great. Yeah, he's he's been fine. He's he's a fine fifth starter. He's he's had his share of meltdowns. He's had his share of of fine games. Um, but you know, even even going off of the last two performances of of Mats versus the Orioles, and uh Hyunjin Ryu versus the Orioles I'm I'm still after seeing both those games I'm putting Ryu out, Ryu out there my man trusting that he's going to to come through than I am before Matt's. that's that's that okay
0: okay even though last year uh against Tampa Bay he got shelled as well and you had a real problem with that
1: yeah I did I did but uh, he's, not, he's not the number one dude anymore. I got two, two dudes I'm going to before him. And that I can, I can live with Ryu in, in the third hole right now, knowing that at any moment for a great stretch, that he can pull out a stuff and absolutely carve his way through the best lineups in baseball in a way that Steven Matz haven't, hasn't even like, had a dream that he woke up from and thought that he was capable of that. Yeah, that's my man. So has uh, <laughs> so has Alec Manoa fallen off
0: for you a little bit based on the, his last couple outings? Yeah. I mean, Alec Manoa had this outing with the A's where you hit like nine guys in the teeth. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, Manoa... I still think that Manoa again can turn out a gem and you know go on a nice run and and lock it in. But you know he's, I imagine he he's probably wearing down a little bit, as you might expect from a from a guy who's had the experience that he has. You know, obviously he he was known for pitching long games in in college, but um, it's a long it's a long season and the intensity is on a whole. Another planet, and uh, I don't know. Uh, he's he, he's he's inconsistent at this point. His fastball command isn't always there. When it is there, he is unbelievably electric, and his slider's on, and you can't touch him. The ball's going in on the right-handed hitters with the two seam, going away in a massive way with huge movement with the slider. It's just it's all over the place. It's it's it, he can be so good, but yeah, right now I don't. I don't trust it, but I'm still, I'm still uh, going to him for sure as well before Matt's.
0: Yeah. I might go to him before Matt's too, but I, I do think at this moment right now, I'd feel more confident in Manoa starting than, than Ryu and that you may think that's crazy. I just think Ryu's old and he's hurt.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, talk about Brios for a second. We never, we never really, we haven't talked about him too much, but like, I feel like since we've recorded this, he's really arrived and like, Become uh, a really reliable part of this rotation. The thing that stands out to me almost the most with him is how efficient he is. Mm-hmm. His pitch count is always low. He gets super deep into games, and his stuff is is you know there's an element to baseball that's entertainment. His stuff is fun to watch. Like his curveball is wicked.
1: Yeah yeah uh they they said he made an adjustment he was doing a bit of a different delivery something has has helped him obviously uh the coaching staff or an adjustment that he's made they've figured things out i I hope that that uh that continues and we see him continue to just be elite because again like the whole run to me up until this weekend has been made on the elite pitching from our starting pitchers that every game was like they're giving up one run or no runs two runs max into the sixth inning just giving the offense keeping us giving us a chance to be in every single game and being able to not go to the bullpen and overtax those guys overexpose those guys in the series that has been why we are where we are to me And Burrios has been a huge part of that. His last two starts, he's been excellent. Um, And even before that, when he wasn't excellent, he was still keeping us in games.
0: A couple new additions to the bullpen. Well, new guys available to us now that I don't think we had at all last time that we recorded uh, your guy, Julian Merriweather, is back. He mm-hmm. threw for the first time since April the other day, led up a three-run bomb to uh, get the loss in that first game mm-hmm. against the Orioles. That's you know, whatever. You know, he hadn't pitched happened. His stuff was a little bit down from what it was when he was so dominant against the Yankees in April when he was throwing like 100-plus. I think he was throwing 96, 97. He still has that Easy. filthy fucking change-up, though. Um, and then Nate Pearson, Nate Pearson's been fairly inconsistent as well. Let up two bombs, to, uh, against New York when the Blue Jays had like a, I don't know, like seven run lead or something like that. And he let up a couple of home runs, which did force uh, Montoya to bring in Romano, which is obviously not what you want, but I, I still have, I still have hope for that. I, Cause I, I think that I, the way that those home runs went out, um, against New York with Pearson made me feel like they knew what was coming. Made, because some, like especially the one that Gary Sanchez hit it was like a, it was almost an impossible mm-hmm. pitch to hit out, mm-hmm. uh, so I don't know if Pearson's telling something if he's showing something he probably is you know he's young, he's not you know, I would imagine he is, but their stuff is so good like they're they've got such nice velocity coming out of the the end of the bullpen
1: yeah it's it feels like just enough time for them to you know figure things out, kind of get clicking right before. The playoffs and then you have two more hopefully reliable guys it's it's interesting too even seeing the way they've groomed Pearson uh from the beginning you know making his appearance in the ninth you know it was like if they got one more run they go to Pearson like he's up with with Romano at the end of the game they want him to feel like he's important because he's he's not uh starting anymore but they want him to to have that confidence to know that they're one of He's one of their their most important their biggest guys um to me, you gotta get rid of that little whatever thing he's calling a beard uh i i, uh, I remember i I had heard about it before I even saw it, and I had this these expectations for what his beard was gonna be because they they hazel or something mentioned it that that he had grown this beard and was doing it asking wondering if it's a different look because he's in the bullpen all this kind of shit and i was like oh cool nate's gonna have this beard <laughs> and then he came in it's just this kind of like uh, little uh smattering of uh peppering of 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 hair on a sort of again these chin straps like no one can it's just it's not a good look for him but uh i i i guess i i digress a little bit uh no, no let's really dive into this chin strap what, what what don't you like about
0: the chin strap, Jacob? I also hate the chin strap
1: i've just think, for the record i I just think that it is actually there there aren't many ways that you could make your face look worse than to just have a chin strap there are um there was uh what was that guy with the glasses who was a reliever for us uh Tyler not Tyler uh Oh man, he was he was so ugly, and he had just a chin, chin ball. Uh, man, I AJ Cole? No, it wasn't AJ. He, he had a pretty bad beard <laughs> too, but it wasn't AJ Cole. It was like two seasons ago, maybe twenty seven,
0: twenty. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know who you're talking about. He, he wore glasses.
1: Yeah, wore glasses. Blondie, uh, sandy Ty- here. T- Tyler. Tyler. Norris, uh, Tyler, oh man, yeah, just let's
0: google most ugly MLB players last decade. Maybe um, Tyler, I can't, I can't remember. Tyler, oh, not Tyler Chatwood. I know that's the name that keeps coming. It's Clipperd. The-
1: Tyler Clippard. Yeah. Oh yeah, my god, you he found it. Oh, uh, you found it. He had a really bad facial hair, just a, 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 a. a a little ball round kind of soul patch but not a soul patch like right on his chin that's all he had it was unbelievably ugly but i think that the chin strap is just as bad yeah um i i uh i'm just so pleased you know th- that we are back in the playoff position and it was so ridiculous to me that we were as good as we are with individual talent just even going back like we talked about vlad being back in the mvp conversation marcus simeon being in the conversation and then you also have a front runner like either one or two in the cy young like having that many insanely excellent performances on your team to have it would have been if even like our run differentials even better but i remember hearing like a week or two ago before we were in the playoff position that we would have been a team with the highest run differential in baseball history to never, to not make the playoffs. Like since they started counting that, like it's just, it, it was painful. You know how crazy it would be
0: to have the Cy Young award winner and the MVP <laughs> on your team. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't. I was going to look that up the other day to see if that had happened before or when the last time that happened. But that's, and that's not that far a stretch either. Like, if you had to put money on uh, Robbie Ray getting the Cy Young like a month ago, you could have made a ton of money. Mm -hmm. Now, because then when the Blue Jays faced Garrett Cole, he was like, I don't know, he let up a few runs. And so he pretended that his leg was hurt or something. And so that might take him out of it a little bit because Lance Lynn is hurt. Now, if Robbie Ray hadn't fucking had that outing against the Orioles, I feel like he could have just solidified it right there. But all's to say, it's not that crazy a thing for him to win that if he keeps this up for the next, you know, how many starts do you think he has left? Like
1: four? Yeah. Well, and the next one's against the Rays. Big opportunity there to make a statement. Though uh, Lance Lynn did return last night. I feel like he was out of it for enough weeks for it or enough starts to kind of lose the... The race maybe has an unbelievable finish and gets right back in it, but uh, it feels like it's coming down right to the wire between, between Robbie Ray and, and uh, Garrett Cole. And to just, yeah, to know that those were possible to have potentially the MVP or two of the top three MVP finalists and a top two Cy Young and not make the playoffs.
0: On you, would have to believe, you would have to believe at minimum that they have the runner-up in both categories. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that would actually be shocking if they didn't. Mm -hmm. That's crazy.
1: Here's another thing. Um, like we keep talking about the twins coming or playing the twins. We've got these other easy games. I'm really nervous to play the twins. I don't, (laughs) I can't fully explain it, but I feel like a lot of it has to do with Josh Donaldson and just like. I just feel like we're going to be played really tough by the Twins even though they've been really bad and they're probably really bad against other teams. I just I got this sinking feeling like they're going to be really good against us and Josh Donaldson is going to eat us alive.
0: Well, speaking of the Twins, like what makes this next couple days kind of scary is that the Jays are playing the Rays, so that's going to be real tough and the Yankees are playing the Twins. Right. The Yankees fucking own the Twins. And so you know, the Blue Jays are a game up on the Yankees right now, but you know, losing two or three against the Rays could be a disaster. And the Red Sox are playing the Mariners, so that's, yeah, that's fine. Mm
1: hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, it, it doesn't stop. We can't, we can't let our foot off the gas. We got to keep going. We don't have to, you know, we can't afford to split or, you know, we can lose a series without it being over. It's not over if we get swept by the Rays. Um, obviously, I mean, you you know, we thought it was over before and it's not. It's over in our, it's over in our hearts though. It's not over on paper, but if we get swept by the Rays, it's over in our hearts. It's soul crushing. And again, it just goes back to what, what, what will you actually do in the playoffs? It's not enough to just make the playoffs for me. You
0: know know? what? I feel good about this Rays series though. I believe that this is the first time. Yeah. This is the first time all year that they've played the Rays at the Rogers Center.
1: That's exciting.
0: That's exciting. I mean, that's, that's different to me. It's different than Dunedin or Buffalo. That's like, you know, really... And they've played the Rays tough all year. Like, super tough. Like mm-hmm. isn't that, The Rays don't dominate the, the Blue Jays in the individual games. They just dominate the Blue Jays in wins and losses.
1: Yep. I mean, we had, we've had some massive blowouts. We've like, had one of our biggest, highest scoring games of the season against the Rays. Destroyed them. Throttled them. And we're, we're, we're confident as ever. I feel like the Bats, like, we're, ready. We're, we're so ready right now to face these stupid fucking Tampa Bay Rays and then they're slimy. Fuck, I hate them so Slug much. pitchers that no one's heard of. And they just, oh, we, I'm ready to they're dominate little... them.
0: Croc back hitters i just can't stand them we got alec manoa on the mound tonight this is a three-game series at the rogers center against the tampa bay rays and then we're playing the twins jacob give me the wins losses in this three games against tampa bay two and one two and one same with me two and one
1: keep it going baby the run is on run is on and we're going
0: to be back because we're more fired up now. Jacob's back. I'm here. I didn't go anywhere. We are going to be back soon enough to, I know we always say that and it's never true, but we are going to be back sooner than you think.